I was carrying a glass of water and my microphone fell out. I'm just a mess, aren't I? Last week we talked about the kingdom. And uh, this week, uh, as you see on the screen, I want to talk about the greatest in the kingdom. You know, in the sports world, there's a thing called GOAT. Now, most of you know what that means. There are some of you that say, why are you talking about a GOAT? Uh, That stands for greatest of all time. And there's been all kinds of talk about, well, who's the greatest of all time? Michael Jordan in basketball, some say. Uh, And then there are those that say, well, it was Tom Brady. He was the quarterback. He just retired from the Patriots. He had the most regular season wins. He had the most playoff wins. He had the most pass completions, most passing yardage, most passing touchdown. And I just, just haven't scratched the top of the surface. But can you imagine if they had the build-up to the MVP and they say, we're going to announce the most valuable player. We're going to announce it, the most valuable person. And and I mean, all the hype and all the stuff that goes on with that, all the bigwigs and all the coaches are there and the owners and the fans. And the winner is... The equipment manager. (laughs) Or the girl who brings the water out. Oh my goodness, can you imagine the horror? They would say, oh my goodness, that can't be. You've got this guy who's just unbelievable and you're giving it to the equipment manager? When Matthew 18, the disciples wanted to know who the greatest in the kingdom was. And I'm wondering if they were hoping for a goat designation. Who's the greatest of all time? Jesus takes a little child and places it among them. And he says this. I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, if you back up a little bit and just... Read that. What a statement that is. You need to become like a little child in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. They were thinking, well, it needs to be some kind of thing where we do something great and, and, and we, we've done all this stuff and, and we've accomplished all this. Therefore, you need to make us greatest in the kingdom. And God says, Jesus says, no. And let me ask you a question. Tell me what that little child has done. Unassuming? Not really needing much? Really wanting to be left alone to play? There's really nothing that child has done. In Matthew 11 and Luke 7, John the Baptist sends his disciples to Jesus. And and he's kind of wondering, are you the one? Or should we look for somebody else? Now, you remember at the first of all this, at the first of his ministry, John the Baptist said, uh, you know, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now he's sending people to Jesus to say, should we wait for somebody else? Because you're not doing exactly what I thought you ought to do. 
Jesus sends them back and he says, you know what? I want you to tell them what you've seen. The blind see, the deaf hear, the mute speak. And then Jesus makes an interesting statement. He says, I tell you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John. And yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. So this greatest of all time has nothing to do with performance, does it? Well, in Mark chapter 10, we have an interesting story. Matthew 20 says that it was James and John's mother who came to Jesus, but Mark tells it a little bit differently. This time, beginning in verse 35. They were all up on their way. Let's start in verse 32. They were all on the way up to Jerusalem. I want to make sure I'm in the right spot here. Yes. They were on their way up there, and they said, one says, I, can I have one be on the right-hand side and one be on the left-hand side? And Jesus says, can you drink the cup? that I've drunk from, or that I'm going to drink from? Can you be baptized with the baptism that I'm going to be baptized with? And of course, they're saying, yes, think about this for just a moment. They've, been, they've seen some incredible things. They've seen Jesus heal people. He fed 5,000 at one sitting. He fed another 4,000 a little bit later on. He's cast out demons. He's taught them and others about the kingdom. And not once did Jesus do anything that had to do with him. Everything was unselfish. Everything was done in order to promote the kingdom. And they come to him and they say, we want to be on the left and the right. And, and it's interesting because if you read <clears throat> earlier, they were the, 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 all the apostles were talking about which one was the best? Which one was the greatest? They'd already had this conversation. And so they thought what they would do, well, let's just put it this way. You remember when you were in school, and this, this is elementary school. <clears throat> Those of us old folks who didn't have phones and iPads and switches and things like that. We play the game called musical chairs. Oh, I see some people shaking their head. Didn't take a lot of technology. What you needed were chairs and a record player. And what you would do is you had one less chair than you had people. And you would play the music. I don't know what they played. Dun -dun 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 you know, I don't know. But you would march around the chairs until the music stopped. And then it was a madhouse. People got knocked about. Chairs got knocked about. But when it was all said and done, there was one person standing there without a chair. You're out. So then you take another chair out. And you watched the teacher, didn't you? Okay, when are they going to pull that? <clears throat> I get the impression that's what's happening here. 
Because the apostles had already had this conversation. They'd already said, I'm greater than you. No, you're not. Yeah, it sounded like a bunch of little kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm better than you. No, I'm not. He likes me better. Oh, no. uh And James and John says, you know what? If we don't get in now, we're not going to get in. And so they say to one another, why don't we go? And, and like I said, I think it's Matthew that they send their mother. You know, Jesus can't say no to mom. And what they're asking is for one to be the secretary of state and the other one to be secretary of defense. Because they thought Jesus' kingdom was going to be an earthly kingdom. They thought Jesus was going to have a place, you know, where he would vanquish all the the children of Israel and, and the Romans would be run out. And so what they want, they want the best places in the kingdom. Their view of the kingdom was quite skewed, wasn't it? They thought Jesus was going to set up this earthly kingdom. But notice their choices. They had several choices. They could be either self-seeking or self-sacrificing. Notice what they say right out of the the gate. And you know as parents, this is a a dangerous tactic. I I have grandchildren that say, uh, can I have this? And before you can answer, they'll say, say yes. Say yes. Well, that's what James and John do. They said, Lord, we ask that you give us anything we ask. That's kind of what we do sometimes, isn't it? Don't we kind of say, Lord, we just pray that you give us whatever we ask. Perhaps we approach our discipleship in much the same way as they did. Instead of saying, we want you to do for us whatever we ask, we say, what's in it for me? And so we play this game of musical chairs. We play the game trying to be the ones that are the last ones standing. And it doesn't matter what we do. We might push the others out of the way. We might knock the chair sideways so they can't get it. But we want to make sure that we're the last ones standing. And we've learned well from the politics of the day. The louder we yell and the more we bulldoze other people, the more we get for us. And we're less and less concerned about God's will and more and more concerned about our will. Jesus says, you know what? I want you to take take up your cross daily and follow me. Cross is an instrument of death. And my way becomes less and less important in God's kingdom And its advancement becomes more and more important. They had a choice between power or service. I have a friend of mine who has preached for many years. (laughs) And he was made an elder. And a lot of people think that in eldership you have a lot of power. And uh, I called Jackie to congratulate him on the fact that he was now the minister and an elder. And he said, you know, Jim, he said, the hardest thing is I've tried to fire myself three times today. 
But the interesting thing is there is no, there's no hierarchy in the kingdom of God. There is no, okay, they're better than they are. Oh, there is no, okay, they're, they're above us. In the book of Revelation, an angel reveals a vision to John, and John falls at his feet and worships him is what the scripture says. And the angel says, oh, don't do that. Get up. I'm just like you. And I know the first thing you think of is an angel? Oh, my goodness, you know, surely, yeah, there are angels that are above us. No, there's no hierarchy in the kingdom. And the Ten Commandments start with a command that says, God is first. And in fact, if I were to alter that a little bit, I would say God only. And frankly, whom do you respect more? The person who wields power or the person who serves? And he calls us to serve. Over and over and over again in the New Testament, we're called to serve. In fact, well done, good and faithful servant. They could have chosen suffering or security. Jesus asked them, can you drink of the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? I thought about this as I was studying this passage. I thought this was extremely interesting. You remember when Jesus was in the garden praying? And he was saying, Lord, take this cup from me. And he asks James and John, he says, you know, are you willing to drink the cup that I'm going to drink? And Jesus later on refers to that and says, listen, this is the kind of life that's going to happen to me. This is the kind of outcome that's going to happen. Are you willing to have the same outcome? He said, are you willing to be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? And he's not talking about water baptism there. He's talking about the baptism of the trials that he has. And he says, yeah, you're going to go through those things. Maybe James and John were thinking about luxury or wealth. And Jesus says, I want you to be ready to suffer. From 1 Peter. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you're insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. And if you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, don't be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. John Stott said this, James and John coveted honor and power and safety while Jesus offered sacrifice 
serving and suffering. In Mark chapter 10, he says, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. Those are the words that come right after the passage in Mark chapter 10, where one asks to be on one side and the other on the other side. And Jesus says, that's not what it's all about. The greatest in the kingdom is the one who serves. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how well known you are. In fact, it's better off if you just become salt of the earth. And he says, I want you to be like that. The greatest in the kingdom isn't what we think sometimes. The greatest in the kingdom is the one who gives his life. The one who sacrifices. The one who serves. Totally different than what the world thinks. But that's okay. That's what Jesus does. He comes in and he, he changes everything. What's up is down and what's right is wrong it seems. And what's wrong is right. And what Jesus does is he puts things into perspective for us. We're going to sing an invitation song. Our shepherds and their wives will be in the back. If you have something you would like to talk to them about, by all means, please, please go talk to them. If it's something you would like for us to pray about, come forward. We'll, we'll pray with you. We'll do whatever we can. Jordan has selected a song for encouragement. And if there's anything that we can do for you, come as we stand and sing this song.